Juan mentioned we started a series a few weeks ago just called Ignite, and our goal is really just to pray that God ignites something in your heart. I know maybe you're just on fire for God, and you love Jesus with everything you got, but man, I'm telling you, there, I think that there's still even more that you can have in Jesus. There's still more life that you can find in Jesus. There's more freedom that you can find in Jesus, and I'm telling you, he will radically, radically change your life. He really will. He will change your life, and, and he is always for you. He is never against you, so no matter what you go through, no matter what you experience, God is always, always, always for you. So where our goal is just to ignite something, and, I, and, and we believe that the scripture teaches us that there are ways that, that, that will help us sort of, you know, sort of light that fire inside of us. There's things that we can do that will really just fan that, fan that flame and to get that flame going. And uh, it will make a difference. And you'll be the light of the world that you were called to be, the salt of the earth that you were called to be. You will be a part of life change. You will see life change around you. Is there anything better than that? It really is. I mean, there, there really isn't. It just, it's just it. So our mission as a church, we didn't, we've been you know, showing this, our, our goal, and this has been our emphasis. Our mission you know, as a church is to love people and to grow in Jesus. That's our mission. We want, we want to be a church that just loves people no matter where they're at, no matter what they're going through, no matter what they believe, no matter what their preferences are. We just want to be a people that love people because that's what Jesus said we should be. Jesus said that, you know, how, you want to know, the, how, you know who are followers of me? You want to know how people will know that you follow me is by the way that you love, by the way that you love, not by the way that, you know, that your idea of love, but the way that, you know, Jesus loved you. That's the kind of love that we're to exhibit, the way that Jesus loved us and Jesus gave his life for us. And we're going to look at that in a minute. But we also want to grow in Jesus. We don't want to stay where we're at. We want to grow in Jesus. We, in other words, we want to become more like Jesus. Boy, doesn't the world need it doesn't need more of me. It doesn't need more of you. It just needs more of Jesus. That's what the world needs. So that's where we're at. That's, that's our goal. That's our, that's our mission. And, and um, we talked about the why a few weeks ago. And, and you know, I would encourage you to, to listen back you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, part one of this series of the why. Uh, but we also talked about Jesus's mission. What was Jesus's mission? To seek and to save the lost. And so we said, hey, that ought to be our mission. So the what, number one, is like Juan mentioned, invest and invite. Invest in people and invite people. And, and you know what? It's already happening. It's already starting. Some of you are like, oh, you mean if I just invite somebody, they'll show up? Isn't that, it's, a, it, it's happening. Like people are, you're inviting somebody and they're like, yeah, I'll come and check it out and see what's going on. So, so we encourage you to do that. Keep investing in people, relationships, and inviting them to come. And then Juan talked about last week, you know, the what number two is engage and grow. Engage in, 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 you know, in your growing process and so that you can grow in the things of God. And we, we gave you some, some practical tips, and next week, hopefully, if you're not a part of an Empower group, we would love for you to, to come to our luncheon and, and so that you can connect in one, so that you can continue to grow in the things of God. So today, today we're going to talk about what number three, uh, and, and, and today is sacrifice and serve. This is going to ignite something inside of you. This is going to fan that flame that you need in order for you to 
feel that, that enthusiasm and that passion for God again. Maybe you had it at one point in your life and you, and you lost it. Maybe, you know, somewhere along the lines, you, you know, you had that enthusiasm. You were, you know, you served, you know, you were inviting people to church. You were making church, you know, a regular thing for you on Sunday mornings. And then, then you lost that. You lost that. Well, we want to fan that flame again for you. And one of the things that will help you with that is not only engaging and growing, but the other thing that will help you with that is sacrifice, making some sacrifices, because we live, we live in a culture that has busy schedules, right? We all have busy schedules. Trust me, I got four kids, and they're, they're all doing something, you know, they're all involved in something, and that just fills the schedule, doesn't it? I mean, you're not just going to games on the weekends, you're going to practices during the week, and, and uh, we also have, you know, things that we got going on. So I get it. I understand how the schedules work, but sometimes we got to make some sacrifices somewhere. Somewhere along the lines, we have to look at our, our schedule and make some sacrifices so that we can make room to serve, make room to serve. Why? Why? Why do we make room to serve? Uh, well, because it ignites something. It ignites something. It, it gives you opportunity to influence someone uh, to, for life change. That, those are the things that we talked about. So when it comes to this, here's what the scripture teaches us in Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in, in him. So in other words, here's what he's saying. So he says, for, for we are his workmanship to walk in his preordained good works. That's what he's essentially, that, what the Apostle Paul is saying. That we are his workmanship to walk in his preordained good works. That, that God has preordained, pre-orchestrated, you know, pre-wired you to do good works. For you to do good, good things. For you to serve people. You know, that God, that, that, tells, us, that tells us this. That God, when he, was, when he created you, that God has a plan for you. That's what that tells us. I don't know if you were paying attention to the baby dedication, uh, but that's what the scriptures are teaching us about you. That God, even though, and we reread these verses in baby dedication, you know, Psalm 139, you know, Jeremiah 1.5, Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the plans that I have for you. And in baby dedication, we're like, oh, that's so sweet, that little baby. God has a plan for your life. Listen, you may be 60, guess what? God still has a plan for you. Like I, whether you're one or 65, God has a plan for you. And that plan is still in place. What that plan is still in order. That God says, listen, listen, you are, you are his workmanship. That word workmanship, it's this word right here, okay? I'm not gonna try to pronounce it, but it's that word right there in the Greek, okay? It's where we get our word poem. That word, our word poem, that, that when he's saying that you are his workmanship, in other words, that you know how when people write poems, there's specific poems, you know, for specific things, you know, you can write poems for all different, you know, type, types of things, you know, relationship things mostly, you know, how you feel about somebody mostly, right? And you write a poem for that one person and it's a personal poem that you write for them, you know, and, and God's saying, listen, you are designed, you are created in God's saying, you are my poem. You are my specific crafted poem that I want to tell a story through. That your life is that. Your life is an individual, beautiful, written by the hand of God poem to share with the world. Does that make sense? Are you following me? So here's what God's, here's my poem. Here's my poem. Roses are red. 
violets are blue, God wants to write a beautiful life change poem through you. Right? That's my poem, all right? I know, I know, I know. I spent a lot of time on it, you know, really thoroughly thinking about it. You know, yeah, absolutely. God wants to write a beautiful life change poem through you. You are his workmanship. No, 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 no. God also has a poem. He also wants this. This is the poem, and I wrote another poem, okay? Roses are red, violets are blue. Serving is what saved by grace people do. You like that one? Is that one better? Yeah. That one I took like five minutes and the other one I took two minutes on. All right. Yeah, this is what God said. Listen, he says, I want, you are my workmanship. I'm writing a poem. It's a life change poem. And what, 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 what I want you to know is this. Serving is what saved by grace people do. That you are his workmanship for the purposes of good works. Yet you are his work, workmanship for the purposes. No, 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 no. Here's what he says. He, and he says, just so you're not confused, he says this prior to Ephesians 2.10. Look what he says. We'll start, we'll pick it up in verse eight. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Just a reminder of, of, of how, why you're saved or how you're saved. He says that is not of yourself. In other, and then he, then he explains it even further in verse 9. Not a res, as a result of works so that no one may boast. In other words, he's saying this. You're not saved. You're not saved by works. Okay, you can't earn your way into good standing with God. You can't do enough. You can't attend enough church. You can't memorize enough scripture. You can't, you know, feed enough poor. You can't, you know, do enough handouts, be enough, be generous enough. You can't, you can't do that. None of that will earn you into good standing with God. But, but you are saved by grace. It's a gift. It's a gift that you get from God saying, listen, you didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You know, you didn't merit it. You didn't work hard enough for it. You, you fall short. You fall short. But here's a gift, and it's grace. And you put your faith in Jesus, and you'll receive that gift of grace and know what it means to be forgiven and set free and have eternal life. Just so you know that it wasn't anything that you did so that no one in this room, no one in this world can boast about anything. It is a gift called grace. And you know what saved people do who receive the gift of grace? They do good works. Saved people serve. Saved people serve. That's what they do. They're not saved by works. They're saved for works. They, get, they receive the life-changing, radical heart change, rip the old heart out of your chest, put a brand new heart in, your, in you, and then that begins, a, you're a new creature in Christ, and what happens as a result of being a new creature in Christ, you say, wow, he did the work for me, and therefore I am going to do a work for him. He served me and therefore I'm gonna serve someone. Saved people serve. So what about the serving thing? What about the serving thing? A couple things. The scripture teaches us a few, few things. 
What about the serving thing? Well, first of all, you join the Jesus mission, okay? When you decide that you're gonna serve, you join in this Jesus kind of mission. We as a church love people. That's our mission, remember? Remember? Love people, grow in Jesus. I'm gonna quiz you on this in two weeks. So you walk in the door and I'm gonna say, what's our mission? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna do that to you. But that's our mission. Love people, grow in Jesus. Listen, you get, when you serve, when you serve, you join this mission. You join this Jesus mission. And, and that's what, how amazing, that's how important it is that you are a part of it. You are just as important as anyone else. You are just as important. Here's what Philippians 2 says, verse 1. Therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if there's any affection and compassion, don't you want these things for yourself, by the way? Don't you want you know, this encouragement? Don't you want this kind of fellowship? Don't you want to feel this kind of affection and compassion? Don't you want this kind of love? Like These are the things that you can have for yourself. These are the things that you can feel for yourself. And then he goes on and says, he says, make my joy complete. You can also have joy, a joy that's complete. And then he tells us this, by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Here's what he's saying. He's saying that when you serve, you join everyone else, me included, in the Jesus mission, and you are just as important to the body of Christ as anyone else. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Who was here last week? Just, just show your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you were here last week. All right, put your hand. Put your hand down. If you weren't here last week, it's okay. Listen, listen. Summertime, man, go on vacation. Live it up. Take your kids out of town. We, I don't mind one bit. I'll preach like this if it's a room like this. I'll preach like this if there's 10 of you here. It doesn't matter to me. Enjoy it, live it up, have fun. Listen, but, 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 but. If you're around, come to church. <laughs> All right. If you're home, come to church. Now, how many of you, those of you that were here last week, those of you who were here last week, how many of you knew that I was missing? Raise your hand if you knew that I was missing. Same amount of hands. Same amount of hands. Now you know how I feel. I know when you're missing. And I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I'm not, I, listen, I'm, I'm assuming that you're like on some beach somewhere and I'm thinking, that's amazing, that's incredible. I hope they're having a great time. But listen, listen, here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. As much as you maybe, I, maybe not, maybe not, and Juan does, does an amazing job, as much as you may have missed me, we miss you. What if I only, what if I only made it like a couple times a month? You would notice, right? You would notice. Where's Pastor Chris? Is he okay? Like, you would start asking, is he okay? Hey, come here, come here, come here. Do you know what's going on with Pastor Chris? He hasn't been here. He's only been here a couple times a month. What's going on? Right, Joy? Like, you would go, you would wonder what's going on. Listen, you're just as important. You understand? You're just as important. 
I'm just one part of this body. I have one role in this body of, that I play as far as, you know, using my gifts that God has given me. Which, If you go back to week one, we told you why we should do this. Because God has given you a gift. God has given you a gift. And your gift is just as important. So we... we would love for you to engage and join in the Jesus mission together because just as much as it matters when I'm not here or if Juan's not here, it matters that you're not here and you're not involved. And some of you say, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, but we're talking about serving. We're talking about you using your gifts and being a part of the Jesus mission. Not just, listen, if, if you're just here wanting to come and fill a seat, listen, that's all good. But we don't want you to stay in that seat. The way that we see it, Christianity is a, is a participation sport, okay? We don't want you sitting in the stands. We don't want you even sitting the bench. Everybody gets to play, right? It is, this is the culture that we live in, right? We understand everybody gets to play and you all get a participation medal. How about that? Everybody gets a participation medal. You just get to be a part of the mission of Jesus, and there's not a greater mission, you need to know this, there's not a greater mission in the world than the mission of the church. There's no greater mission because you and I get to be a part of seeing lives transformed. To see through Jesus, through the power of Jesus, go from death life and you get to be a part of that and you are just as important as anybody else join the Jesus mission start serving because that's what saved people do second thing you, you'll have a Jesus mindset. You'll have a Jesus mindset. Look at the Philippians 2, same chapter, verse 5. We'll pick it up in verse 5. Have this mindset in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of mindset did Jesus have? Here's what he, the kind of mindset Jesus had. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. So in other words, he was God and he was in heaven and he was on a throne and he's in control and he looks down and he sees a broken people. He sees a people that are, will be forever separated from him and he needs, he says, I, I, I'm got, I have to do something about this. And so instead of them trying to figure out how to get to me, God says, I'm going to go down to them. I, instead of them trying to figure out how to get to where I'm at, which would be impossible, I'm going to go down to them. And he, it says that he did not regard equality with God, a thing to be grasped, verse 7, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, 
being found in an appearance as a man, what did he do? He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus was here, and Jesus would say this because this was his mindset. Jesus would say, I didn't come here. I didn't come here to be served. I came here to serve. Even though though he had every right as God, he had every right as God for, for people to serve him. For people to worship him because he had every right because he, of who he was. And he, and he said, no, 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 no. I'm here. I'm here not to be served, though you, sh- though you should. I've, I've, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. A couple of the disciples were getting into some arguments about when Jesus goes to heaven and, and they were wondering, you know, because of who, who they believed Jesus to be, you know, as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. They, they were in these arguments wondering who was get to be in the best positions when they get into heaven, when they get into glory, who gets to be on his right and who gets to be on his left. And Jesus is overhearing this conversation between a couple of these disciples. And he says, hey, hey, guys, guys, you know what greatness is? And because they were, they were having that conversation, well, who, who's, who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the one with the best position next to Jesus? Who's going to hold that, 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 that position on his right and on his left? Who gets to be with him? And Jesus said, guys, guys, you know who the greatest is? He says, the greatest of all are the, are the servants. The greatest of all are the servants. He says, those are the greatest. He says, you want to be great? Serve. You want to be great? Serve someone. How many of you have ever been told you're great? Anybody ever been told you're great? You, you, like somebody said, and I, I know it's like weird, like I got to rack my brain to think like who told me that I was great. But listen, here's the thing. You know who tells you you're great? You know who tells you you're great? The person whom you served. Right? When you do something for someone, oh, you know, he's, he's great. He's great. Wow, wow, wow. He did, he did such a, she did such a nice thing. Boy, that, that person, she is, she's great. She's great. That, this is what Jesus is saying is greatness. Greatness is someone who serves someone. That's what greatness is. Greatness is somebody. You know why we think Jesus is great? We think Jesus is great because he served us. Because he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. This is the mindset that we need to have. The mindset of who can I serve? The mindset of who can I help? The mindset of who can I care for? The mindset of who can I walk alongside of? That that kind of mindset. It's it's that Jesus kind of mindset. Jesus came to wash feet. He says, just as I'm washing your feet, disciples, I want you to go and I want you to wash other people's feet. Aren't you glad he didn't mean literally? Literally? Thanks, Joy. She's the only one that thinks I'm funny. That's why, that's why I place her here, right here. I'm just kidding. 
It may mean literally. It could mean, it could be literally. But Jesus is saying literally or figuratively, whatever it is, I want you to wash someone's feet. I want you to serve someone. I want you to serve someone. The third thing is, you get Jesus' joy in meeting needs. You get Jesus' joy. I had to add Jesus in there on my third point. I had to, so you, get, you don't get joy. You get Jesus' joy. All right, that's better than regular joy. You get Jesus' joy. You get Jesus' joy in meeting needs. Now, at the end of this chapter, as the Apostle Paul is writing this, He's sort of wrapping up, you know, the idea of what it looks like to be, you know, what it looks like to be like Christ, what Jesus is, and, and why we should have that kind of mindset, you know. And he's, and he's wrapping it up, and he's writing this specifically to this church, because that's what, these, that's what your scripture is. Your, these are specific letters to specific churches. And so Paul, from prison, is writing this letter to this church in Philippi. And so Paul from the church got, had some guests, had some visitors come and see him. And they spent some time with Paul. And Paul's now sort of writing this letter or wrapping up this letter to this church. And he's going to hand it to these guys to take back to the church so that they can read what it looks like and why they should serve. And why they should have a mindset like Jesus and why they should join the Jesus mission. So they come and visit him from this church in Philippi. They spend some time. Paul's writing this letter, this, this book of Philippians letter, finishing it up, and he's going to give it to them to send back. Well, he tells us about the kind of relationship that these people have together in this little church. We probably have a bigger church than this church that he's writing this letter to. So he's getting them th this letter to what he wants to say. And here's what he says. He says, but I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and my fellow soldier who is also your messenger and minister to my needs. What a description of this guy, don't you think? What a description. Now, maybe you've been a part of church, growing up, grew up, grew up in church or whatever, but maybe you know or recognize this name. But Epaphroditus, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, Epaphroditus, he was somebody that was sort of behind the scenes. He's not Paul. He's not a Peter. He's not even like a Timothy who we know. He's just a random guy who Paul describes, who maybe some of you in this room have never heard of before, but he describes him like he's a brother, he's a worker, he's a soldier, he's a messenger, he's a minister, he's a minister to my needs, and he's a minister to your needs too. Look at the kind of relationship. Look, look at this, verse 26. Because he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. He was distressed because they heard that he was sick. Isn't that funny? Like they're like, oh, he, just, he knew that they were going to be upset that he was sick. So that bothered him. So verse 27, for indeed he was sick to the point of death. That's how sick he was. But God had mercy on him. Look what Paul says. And not on him only, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. Do you see this kind of relationship? Do you see this kind of intimacy that's happening within this church? 
It's this kind of relationship that's happening within the context of this church where they just, they felt, they just were, uh, you know, stressed, distressed, and they were, you know, agonizing, and, and, and God had mercy, and Paul said, God had mercy on him, but he also had mercy on me because of how sorrow I would feel, how much sorrow I would feel if we lost Epaphroditus. And maybe you're going, who's Epaphroditus? But that's the point. The point is, is that you could be an Epaphroditus. Doesn't Epaphroditus kind of sound like a medical disease a little bit? I don't know. Laryngitis, you know. I can't think of another one. But anyways, doesn't it sound like a arthritis? There, there's another one. There's another one. I got a few more, but I can't remember them now. But doesn't it sound like it? Like, but what if, what if, what if you decided, hey, hey listen, listen, I, I may not be like a Paul. I may not be like a Timothy. I may not be like a Peter. I may not be like a John. But I'm willing to be a, an Epaphroditus. I'm willing to be like a brother or sister, a soldier, fellow worker, minister. Just somebody that's been willing to just meet needs. But you know what I love about this church? I love about this church, we have a lot of Epaphroditus's around here. There's people downstairs, there's people that you walked in that greeted you, there's people, you know, that checked you in. There's a, we have a lot of Epaphroditus's around here. There's a lot of people, there's people right now at a middle school retreat, God bless them, who would ever want to spend a few days with middle schoolers? I mean, are you kidding me? But they're there with middle schoolers right now, just ministering and serving them, taking them, you know, just caring for them, loving on them. You don't even know who they are, but they don't care. Because they're just Epaphroditus. They're just somebody that just says, hey, what do you need me to do? What do you need me to do? I'm here to minister however I can. I don't want to be a somebody. I don't need to be a somebody. As a matter of fact, I just want Jesus to be known, and I'm just going to serve whoever Jesus wants me to serve, and I'll serve behind the scenes. I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll do whatever it takes. I don't need all the glory. As a matter of fact, I want Jesus to get all of the glory. This is what the, the church needs. The church needs some people that are, are willing to stand in the margins. They're willing to be behind the scenes and say, you know what, whatever you need, I will do. That's what, that's what makes a great church a great church is that we need some Epaphroditus's. Are you with me, church? We need some Epaphroditus's. We got an Epaphroditus around here. And some of you, we, you know, we're small enough to kind of know each other, but maybe you don't know. But how much she does, she's an amazing. Joanne, come on up for a second, Joanne. She is one of our Epaphroditus's around here. Yeah, absolutely. Joanne, Joanne, when I came over here about seven plus year, seven plus years ago, uh, Joanne was just getting it, doing it, whatever necessary around here. She was just already here, part of this, this ministry, along with a handful of others. And, and I, we, I got, I get here and Joanne's, she's got, she's doing everything, whatever it takes. That's what Joanne would do, you know, from, you know, childcare in the nursery to teen ministry to greeting as people come in. I think the only thing that you haven't done here, and I could be wrong, is sing and preach. Is that about right? 
You've done that. You've still done that. She's, she's, just, she's just a servant, a servant, a servant, a servant. That's what she, she, she has done. And so Joanne, just, she's just the kind of person that she's just, if she sees a ball that's dropped, she's just going to try to pick it up. And so she's the kind of person that just is going to juggle a lot of things and do, try to do as many things as she possibly can just because she loves the church. She loves Jesus, and that's what she wants to do. But I had a conversation with Joanne, and I said, Joanne, listen, I know that you love serving, and I, love, I know that you love doing so many, a lot, a lot of different things, but man, Joanne, if we just want you to just focus in on just doing children's ministry. Our children could really benefit from you and, and you investing in them and loving on them and caring for them. And she was already doing all that, but on top of so many other things. So we're asking we're asking Joanne, this is so hard for her. This is so hard for her. We're asking Joanne not to do so much. You're like, what? You know why? And Joanne's, she, she understands, she understands. Because, because we want you to step up. You might look and think, well, you know, this, this is already doing, this is already happening, this is already happening. We want, we want Joanne, I know this is, this is weird. We want Joanne to do less so that you can do more. We want you to stand in again, and she wants that too. She's just as good to serve because that's what the needs are. But listen, we don't, need, we don't need a bunch of heroes in here trying to do everything. We want to give everybody an opportunity to join the mission because you have a Jesus kind of mindset, and you're willing to meet any needs necessary because that's what she's willing to do. She is an Epaphroditus. She is my sister, she is a soldier, she is a minister, she is, does whatever it takes. She takes time off of work, she goes on retreats, God bless her for that. I mean, I'm telling you, she spent time with, I mean, it's incredible what she does, but we want you to step it up. She needs you to step it up because we think that she can do something great and we think that you can do something great we're not asking you to do 10 things. We're asking you to do one thing. Great. And if everybody did just one thing and, and participated in just one thing and got involved and volunteered for just one thing and you were great, I mean, I'm telling you, it would radically change everything. It will radically change. And you'll see life change, not only in the people that you're serving, but you'll see life change in your own heart. You will grow more like Jesus. We need some more Epaphroditus's like Joanne. So Joanne, thank you for all that you do. Here's some flowers for you. Here's some tea and a gift card to Dave and Amy's. We heard that you like Dave and Amy's. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Joanne. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Give it up for Joanne. Absolutely. She's amazing. She's amazing. Awesome. So listen, listen, listen. I know I'm, I'm oh man. Ah, here I go again. Let me wrap this up. Let me, let me put a bow on this, okay? We're, 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 we're going, we're, we're, our goal is to go from good to great. That's our goal. We want to be good. We, wanna, we're, we think we're good at things, but we want to be great at things. We're even understanding that we might have to go from, from 
you know, quantity, but we're willing to go from quantity just for the sake of quality. So we're willing to sacrifice quantity for the sake of quality. Do you understand? Does that make sense? We want to go from just trying to just not be about maintenance and maintaining things to being missional, to being missional. We want you to think that you can have an opportunity to join in the Jesus mission of pouring yourself out into other people so that they can see Jesus through you, and that will bring life change. We want you to not maintain somebody, that's not maintain anything. That's not the goal. The goal is to join a mission so that people can have a relationship with Jesus, so that people can know what it means to go to heaven and have, e- have that eternal life because their sins are forgiven. This is the mission that God has called us to, and there's not a greater mission in the world. So you need to, and I need to, step it up and say, you know what, I'm going to volunteer somewhere. And we're going to ask every single one of you. Now, you're like, I'm already a part of something. This is not for me. I'm already part of something. But here's what we're going to tell you right now. Everybody, everybody, I just got louder. Everybody is going to get retrained. Everybody. We're going to ask you to get retrained. You're like, I'm already doing something. That's okay. You're going to get retrained. Every ministry is going to get retrained. You're like, I already served downstairs. It's okay. You're going to get retrained. Because we're going from good to great. We're going from maintenance to missional. We're going for quality and not necessarily quantity. Everybody's going to get retrained. Everybody's going to get retrained. If you, so we will contact you. If you're already a part of a ministry around here, we will contact you and we will schedule with you a, a training time for you to come in and to get retrained. If you're, not, if you're not involved with anything right now, if you're not volunteering anywhere right now, here's what I want you to do. Four-step process right now. I want you to locate the join a team card right now. There should be in your, in your seat around you. I should see movement right now. This should be movement happening right now. Four-step process. Locate the join a team card. Step number two, fill out the contact information so that we can contact you. Check or circle a team or two. Just so that you can give yourself some options, some oppor- you know, different options. Okay, we can, we'll have a conversation with you about that. And then what I want you to do, I want you to take your card, your filled out, join a team card, and I want you to take it to the next steps area. There's a wall back there that says next steps. I want you to just take it to that area. I think there's a table back there for you, but I just want you to take that back there, and I want you to drop off your card and we will contact you, and we will get, help you get trained, and we will get you volunteers so that you can join the mission. Join the mission. What a mission we have. So fill that out before you leave. I'm gonna pray. I'll give you time to fill that out. Go get your kids because they're wondering where you're at. Our volunteers are going, what in the world is Pastor Chris doing again? My wife is one of them downstairs, so help my wife out by relieving her from your children. Okay. But she loves it because she's, she's like, I'm, this is the mission. This is the mission. All right, let's pray. Father, thanks for the day. Thanks for all that you've done here. Thanks for how you worked in hearts and lives, the Packwoods. Lord, just the, the courage it takes to stand before people and to dedicate their amazing, wonderful, beautiful little girls that they have. It's an honor to be able to be their pastor. 
God, it's an honor to be the pastor of every person here. To Lord, I just pray, Lord, that they know that they're just as important as anyone else. They're just as important as anyone else. And I pray, Lord, that they join in this mission and they decide that they wanna just serve someone. They wanna serve someone. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.